Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We stole we're fast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bill Buds Popcast. I, of course, am your host, JPC. And with me, as always, my co-host with the very mo host, Mr. Johnny O'Mara, JJO. Johnny, how is it going? It's great. You know, there's that that chill in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know about you, but I I left out my shoes uh, in, at the foot of my bed so Old Man Rivers can come and put. Uh, his little treats in them. If I've been a good boy, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we in my house we did our um, traditional Weestoberfest. We hung the Weestoberfest uh, stockings. Uh, one of them, I think, like two inches lower on the left side. Uh, and then, uh, as we all know, midway through Weestober, we uh, adjust it so that it is uh, it is correct <laughs> for the rest of uh, for the rest of Weestober. Johnny, it's fucking Weestoberfest. Uh, it feels like just yesterday that. We listened to Maladroit and, and bid adieu to Weeztoberfest 2021, and here we are. And here we are. Uh, I mean, I gotta say, fond memories um, from the first Weeztoberfest. Really looking forward to the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I went to a brewery. Got uh, they they had their Weeztoberfest release <laughs> party, so I got to try some Weeztoberfest uh, beer, which was really great. Well, what's funny about uh, this Weeztoberfest is it's it's not 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 every Weeztober is this the case, but there are five Mondays um, in, in in Weeztober this year, and the last the last of this is landing on Halloweezer, Halloweezer's uh, day, Hall- the very the very day, All Hallows Weez. <laughs> uh, and you know you know what they call a Weeztoberfest with um, with five Mondays. You know what they uh, call that fifth Monday? Oh, uh, oh, oh, God, what is it? What is it? What, I can't get there. I can't get there. That's the Sharps Monday. Um, yes. That's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> as, <laughs> as everyone knows. As everyone knows. Now, uh, a bit of Weeztoberfest uh, business before we roll in, Johnny, is um, if, if you're not familiar with what we do here, uh, every every October uh, on the Bill Buds podcast, we celebrate Weeztoberfest where we <laughs> are working our way chronologically through the albums of uh, the band Weezer. They have a lot, and we, we won't be reviewing them this year, Johnny, but they put, they're putting out, I think they've only put out three today. They're putting out four more this year to correspond with the four seasons. So we barely are making progress with our five Weezer albums. It's unreal how much music they produce. It is a lot. It is like, it's almost, it's so fucking much. It's, they have so many it's albums. unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, in interest of uh, corrections as well, I think one of the last episodes that we recorded, we said that we were covering five Weezer albums, um, but there is a, a bit of a change-up because uh, we are covering uh, – today we're covering Make Believe. We're also this uh, Weeztoberfest. We're covering uh, the Red Album, Ratitude, um, Hurley, and Death to False Metal. So we, we I think we had previously said that we were um, going to review everything will be all right in the end. That's going to have to be pushed to 2023 uh, because <laughs> Death to False Metal um, was an album of, I think it's like B-sides, but it's original, you know, B- B-sides or un- mm-hmm. 
unreleased to, to that point. Um, and it came chronologically right after Hurley. So that's how we are going to be ending uh, this week's Toberfest. And Johnny, we also have some guests planned. I am very excited for the uh, the guests this week's Toberfest. Yeah, it, it it should be very very uh, fun to have to have some Weestober guests. Can I tell you, Johnny? Fond memories from last Weestoberfest. When I started researching, like, because I stopped, I stopped looking at what has happened to Weezer yep, yep. at the end of Maladroit. So it was really interesting to like get back into their chron- chronology and like catch up with some old pals. Hmm. Um, I'm very, I'm very much looking to that. I'm very much looking to learning everything that I can between 2005 and 2010, and then no further uh, for another <laughs> year. <laughs> so I, as I wait, um, just it, t- talking about um, you know, research and whatnot. Uh, I did not notice this last year. I don't think, but this year, and maybe it's changed since last year. I don't know. But on Weezerpedia, um. It has like the critical reception and it has the ratings from every, you know, outlet. Um, but did you notice that it instead of giving a star rating, uh, the stars are the Weezer logo? <laughs> oh, that's pretty fun. I mean, that, that the Weezer logo is really cool. They it's actually, a very good logo. They get some mileage out of that, even in this album as well. In yeah. Videos for this album. Uh, now, I, w- I do want to do a, lo- a quick check-in, Johnny, because I think when we began this project, I think as as I recall, the way that it started was we were um, listening to uh, uh, Van Weezer in one of our Patreon mm-hmm. listening parties w- when that album had come out. And we were like, wow, this album actually pretty good. And we decided to do this Weestoberfest. A- after last year, after the four albums last year, on, on the like one to ten, where do you think you were situated in terms of being a Weezer fan? Um, I would say that I was in sort of a perfect situation where I wasn't, (laughs) I, I liked pretty much all of what we heard. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I was like, it's tricky because I wouldn't say that I was like a Weezer fan, but also I really liked everything we listened to really. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and for me, I put one of the albums on my top 100 pretty high if I remember. It it feels kind of like um like a you're when you say that you're a fan of something I I kind of feel like oh if I don't know enough about it or mm. if I'm not like if I haven't dedicated myself to the discography enough like am I really a fan or do I just like this thing yeah uh, but I because I, I feel a very similar way but you know based on the first four albums I was like these are the ones that I do definitely remember right mm-hmm. I listened to all of these albums I didn't know how many of the next five that we're gonna. Re- be reviewing i had listened to but when i picked up make believe again i definitely was like oh no this album i went through this album you know because 2005 i'm still in high school this was like peak weezer listening era for me honestly i got this album for christmas um probably christmas 2005 i got this and i i remember because i like brought them out to my car i got this album and a um Death from Above 1979, like, remixes album. Wow. And then, like, br- brought them out to my car. And then, honestly, maybe that year I also got an Incubus album. <laughs> well, 2005 was a hell of a year. Yeah. 2005, by the way, last episode, which was not in Weeztoberfest, we also reviewed Fall Out Boy, uh, and that album was from 2005. What a year. What a year. Uh, it, wa- it was a crow left of the murder, the Incubus album. <laughs> okay, so we're talking, we're talking, of course, about... Um, 
uh, about Make Believe, the uh, Weezer album from 2005. This bad boy was released May 10th, 2005, hit number two on the Billboard Top 200. It is to date the highest charting Weezer album uh, and spent 47 weeks on the chart. It, I, I think it was because, the, and this album did well commercially, it was because Beverly Hills was a hit, and it was the fir- their first Grammy-nominated song as well. Like, Beverly Hills was a hit, and it kind of propelled the success of, of the album. That's so interesting, because I know that song was big, but, like, to me, there are yes. way bigger Weezer songs. Yes, exactly. But, you know, that's, I, that's how the charts work. Um, 12 tracks on this, 4509. 45 minutes. This is the longest Weezer album. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you know, the Weezer, typically they like to keep them like... They're 10, in and out. 10 to 12 tracks, pretty quick. I mean, one of the, I think, was it Green Album that we listened to that was like sub 30? Like 18 like, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was also the first album that they recorded uh, with producer Rick Rubin, uh, who I am just uh, mystified by how Rick Rubin has the time to work with as many people as, as he works with. Um, also, Johnny, critically, I mean, I look, I didn't know a lot about like what the critics were saying about any of these albums or what the of conversation course. was about these albums. Critics, very split on this album. Mm-hmm. Like some people were like nine out of 10, great album. And then some people were like 0.5. This is trite. This is trash. This is garbage. It's so wild to see the, 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 the just the, absolute variety of critic ratings on this one Uh, this album overall is really interesting to me because it it feels like they're really splitting the difference between like yeah the very personal emotional stuff of pinkerton and the goofier stuff of like the green album maladroit yeah the more Um, just like poppy airy stuff yeah yeah and and there's a lot of that like poppier sound with the subject the the heavier subject matter well i mean speaking of splitting the difference between green album and maladroit this album i think uh came out let's see uh maladroit hit in 2002 and this album was 2005 the album was supposed to come out like 2003 2004 but all of the songs that at the time Weezer had, you know, was just putting their demos on their website. Mm-hmm. They had like 20 demos on their website. Not a single one of them made the final album, you know, a year and a half later. Did, weren't some of these tracks being worked on and recorded before Maladroit tracks too? Yeah, it seems like the way, I mean, when you have 20 tracks that just end up on the floor, it seems like the way that Weezer writes and records, they maybe work on some stuff for a while and try to fit it into the album that it makes the most Mm -hmm. sense on. But it seems like, you know, they're pretty prolific, obviously. They've put out a ton of fucking albums. So it seems like there's, there's a lot of process involved in some of these songs. Yeah. It is wild, though, to be kind of like teasing your next album, putting out all these demo tracks for zero of those demo tracks to make it onto what is to become the final version of that album. Yeah. I I can't imagine um, having, whether they're good tracks or not, Mm -hmm. having so much like in my head that needs to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's unbelievable. Especially because then they made, I don't know, 75 more albums since then. So who knows how many (laughs) other songs that they haven't released that they just recorded and were like, no. Well, so I mean, wrap your head around this. We already said that they have put, they are putting out four albums in 2022. This is their fifth album over 11 years. (laughs) Isn't that wild? 
Like they're they're starting out and they're like, yeah, uh, eleven years, five albums, and then in twenty twenty two they're like, what if we put out four albums this year? And it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. I mean, let, Johnny, do you do you want to just fucking get into Let's this do album? It. Let's do I, it. I, I I cannot tell you. I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler about my opinion about this album, but I cannot tell you how excited I was for Weestoberfest and. When I put this album on, Make Believe, I don't think I've listened to this album in 15 years. I truly think it's been like, you know, since high school where I listened mm-hmm, to this album. Same. I was right, right back, back in it. it. I was yep. right back in it, baby. Uh, so let's 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 do it with the title track. This is title track. I always say yep, fucking the title, title track. <sighs> this is the 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 first single on the album, the big hit on the album, uh, the one that was Grammy nominated. This is Beverly Hills. All right, yeah, going out on a little bit of that sweet, sweet Beverly Hills guitar solo. I mean, here it is. This is this is Weezer's most commercially successful song of all time. It's good. It's yeah. good. It's it's not my favorite Weezer song, but there's certainly nothing wrong with it. You know? No, I I think that to a certain degree, it's hard to see a song like Beverly Hills and be able to be you know objective about it because of how big it was and how yeah. It, I, I do think that a lot of people who don't maybe don't know Weezer as much, if you had to like, if you know, survey a hundred people and ask them what's the what's a Weezer song, I think this one might come up pretty often. That's so wild to me. Yeah, I mean, but this was their biggest one, like mainstream wise, yeah. right? So unless you're talking to like a real Weezer head, you know, I think they I think they're going to pull Beverly Hills. Yeah, which I, to be clear, I like the song. Yeah, it's just it's it's. Just so shocking to me that this is their most commercially successful song. I, I there's a lot about this song that is like very fun. It's very catchy. Um, I, I they they do some stuff on the, this song that they don't do on like other songs. Like they have a Stephanie Itell, I believe is her name, of Agent Sparks doing the gimme gimme and the chorus. Like they don't use a lot of like other artists. It seems like in, in their songs. I love the gimme gimme. It's it's, ve- it's, I, yeah. it's very fun. Um. I, I, I really like the chorus a lot, actually, in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it's, it's also funny in this song to hear like, ostensibly a very famous man sing about being like a loser dirtbag. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny too because I, I think of Weezer as, or in even Rivers as like a very famous person, but he kind of isn't. Like, he's right. You know, the, as far as uh, Weezer's a huge band. Don't get me wrong, but they're not like. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, they're not right. like, they're not a household name, you know? Rivers Como can uh, almost certainly go to a grocery store and not be bothered. Yes, unless I'm at the grocery store. And then I'm going to say like, hey man, knock it off. <laughs> you got to knock it off. Uh, I also, I really loved verse two in this. Um, 
I love the line when the housemaids scrub the floors, they get the spaces in between. Yeah. That was a really fucking good line. The, the the fantasy in his mind is like, man, I want to be in Beverly Hills. All the celebrities are so clean. Wouldn't it be nice to live in a clean house? <laughs> like, that's yeah. Such a, that's so funny. <laughs> well, and to just have like the time and the luxury, mm-hmm. whether you're doing it yourself or having someone do it for you to like clean well. Yeah. You, like you can have like a tidy clean house, but you're not going to... You're not going to scrub the grout every week? I did the grout in my shower the other day, and when I took a shower, it was so clean in there, and I was like, man, this is nice. It is just... It is. It's nice to see. But how long did it take you? A fucking hour? You know, yes. And, well, my my shower is a stall shower, so it's like half the size Mm -hmm. of a shower, so it didn't take me as long because there's not as much grout, but... There's no comfortable angle to clean that. Like, no. it's just it's just bad to clean, you know? You're, like, down on your hands and knees, like, yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, I it's, got, it's, it's, like, the fantasy of having something, like, super brand new and clean is, like, great. I love that. I Every time I take a shower, I look at, you know, there's, like, caulking between the, yeah. the tile and the tub and whatever. And it's just, like, old and, and gross and not in a way that can really be cleaned. And I'm, like... I know I need to just like take this out and redo it, but I don't fucking feel like it. But it's I know if I do thing. it, it'll look like I have an entirely brand new bathroom. <laughs> yep. It truly, it truly, it's, that is wild. Yeah. There's, there's so many of those things that I see like day to day in my life. And I'm like, hmm, I know it would be a pain to fix this. But then every time I walked past it, I would never have to think about it again. There, When we were moving in, the movers, like just as they were coming around, we have like a weird hallway that has like kind of a turn mm-hmm. and they were moving like our couch or something and they kind of nicked the wall a little bit and i don't i don't care and our wall is like basically white there but every time i walk past it i'm like oh, i would be so just get a little bit of spackle right on there and we've been here for three years and i'm like spackle a little bit of paint fix the whole thing up but the, but then you got to go down to the basement and get the spackle and sand and mix the paint but if I were rich, I could pay someone to do it for me. <laughs> That's the fantasy. That's, I, I told you my my uh, smoke alarm story. When we moved into this place, I had a, a smoke alarm that I bought for my office that I was like, it doesn't have a smoke alarm. I should, or carbon monoxide, whatever. Mm-hmm. I should, I should you know, put this in. But I just – I can touch the ceiling in my office. I just didn't – I did not do it. And it sat on the shelf. And then we had It still a, works uh, on the shelf. It still works on the shelf. <laughs> tr- truly, it, it was on. It, batteries were in. And then we had a contractor who was overdoing something else. And I was like, oh, would you mind – would you like put up a smoke alarm? And he's like, yeah, where? And I was like, just right here. And he goes, this one? I go, yeah. And I gave it to him and he goes, vroom, vroom, and then it was done. And I was like, it took him like three seconds to do. And I was like, huh, I have had, I've had that sitting there for two and a half months. <laughs> two and a half months I've had that sitting there. Uh, anyway, uh, Beverly Hills, good song. I love the guitars in this. The, yeah. That, that the guitar dun, riff. Dun. So good. Um, I love the solos here. I love the like the 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 little guitar riff after the uh, no class beat down fool, which I also think is a really fun lyric. Because um, <laughs> I I just love the idea of like describing yourself as that. <laughs> uh, I I also like preppy girls never looked at me. Uh, why should they? I ain't nobody. And I'm think I I just through a lot of these songs, but this one too. I'm like good. You're. Yeah, you make women uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, I I I 
There is a time when I was writing notes for this that I was like, Rivers is kind of like this like super productive incel. Like he's just like he's channeling all his incel energy into writing music and not being a. He might be a, a fucking. Well, I mean, he is a weird sicko online too. But yeah. I guess at least he's not like perpetrating violence and terrorism. And and I do think that there's an evolution to his you know himself that comes through in his music, which is why it's fun to listen to chronologically. But it's like if I was if I was like to say to you. It's like, hey, man, like this incel just put out a new album. Would you like to listen to it? Your gut response would be like, absolutely not. Like, I don't want to listen. What could that be? But Weezer actually makes pretty good music. <laughs> so it's like. Do you think. Uh, and honestly, this is something that I would love to talk about with our guests, too. But do you think the incel community, not to say that our guests are incels. Um, but we can assume go at this point they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, does does the incel community kind of resonate with the music? That's that's interesting. I I don't know. I mean, my 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 vibe with Weezer was that like the the people who were into it because we kind of did grow up in the time like right before the, you know the incel stuff took off was that it was more just like nerds and geeks and like yeah. you know it, people like me that that were were into were into um, Weezer. So I don't know. I, I, I will also be interested because 2005, we're still in a time where this was just sort of the norm in media where, yeah, like, you know, it's definitely like the roots of incel stuff, but it's not – it's still toxic, but it's not the same because yeah. it's just like, oh, well, yeah, the you know, girls don't look at nerds and I'm a nerd and I wish they would because I'm a nice guy and I did, you know, deserve to ha- be happy or whatever. Um, I, I, and I'll, I'll be interested to see if um, – if this thought process takes a more sinister turn later in their career or not. (laughs) (laughs) I would be surprised because it's like you're getting older and you're hearing more things and experiencing more things. And it's like, hopefully that is not the case. Um, And also you're rich and, and we, I keep saying incel, but it's like, obviously not like he, he was out there like, you know, nothing celibate about uh, (laughs) the guy who writes that he's bored of sex, two albums in. Uh, Involuntarily. Uh, not celibate. Um, did you watch the video for this, Johnny? Uh, yes, I did watch the video. I I've only vaguely remembered this one. Same of any of the videos from this album. Yeah, a- and again, for the most commercially successful song, they have way better videos than this. There's, a, a, you know, this was just like kind of a what a. Yeah, this video seemed like it was really sold on the fact that it was on location at the Playboy Mansion, Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it. And I feel like this was kind of a time when Hugh Hefner was, like, big, Mm -hmm. which is weird because he was, like, an old fucking man who had been around forever. But, you know, it was like... He had the... the What was the reality show? The Girls Next Door? (sighs) Yeah, something like that, yes. Uh, Was, like, around this time, and it was just, like... Yeah, I just feel like he was in a lot of movies. The Playboy Mansion was, like, a big thing around this time. Cameo reference type of point, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, Johnny, let's listen to track two. Now, uh, this is the third single. This is a song called Perfect Situation. Zero, hungry nights, once again, now 
That like descending guitar riff that's mm-hmm. playing behind the chorus, so good. I also just really like that the chorus is just yeah. It's so it's nothing, but it's so good and so nice. I mean, one of the nice things about the OOs is you can just be so emotive with it. You can yeah. convey so much, like, you know, emotion and, you know, longing. Because this song is full of longing to mm-hmm. it. Uh, well, I, I really like that. The, the first line is such a funny mouthful. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with my brain? Why am I so... Obviously, it's a... He yeah. has to, like, <laughs> really cram it all in there. Uh, I, I saw a fun quote from Rivers about this song where he said, I sincerely hope that this is the last song I write about being frustrated and angry with myself for being shy because I've written way too many of those songs already. <laughs> and it's like, bitch, this ain't even the last one on the album. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> I hope this is the last fucking song that they recorded for this album because... <laughs> it's oh very funny for him to be... like, Look, it's a core part of his personality. He's a shy person, like a... All accounts, he's very, very shy. So for him to be like, I hope this is the last song I write about being shy. It's like, what did you magically change? Like, what are you thinking? Like, of course it's, of course it can't be. You're gonna be you. Like, you're, you're, unless you just start writing songs about like somebody else. Like, it's like George Lucas making Empire Strikes Back and then saying, I hope this is the last movie about space I ever have to make. <laughs> yeah, I do. This is this is such an interesting song because it is. A, it, it is really nice, mm-hmm. but it also has that like creeping incel vibes. There's something about this song that feels like there's like a you know some progress being made uh, with Mr. Rivers, yeah. and that like it, it it feels maybe like a little more introspective. Yes, than I agree. Some, some of his other takes uh, of longing. Um, it, it seems like, uh, spoiler alert, Rick Rubin get, got him into meditation, which Rivers grew up on an ashram, so I'm not really sure how like yeah. Rick Rubin got him into meditation. But he was doing a lot of meditation for this album. He even meditated uh, the title Make Believe. Like he he thought of that while he was meditating. Hmm. So meditation like influenced a lot of this. And I think maybe some of that introspection you can kind of is on display in his lyrics here. Yeah, oh, a, a lot of the lyrics on this album did feel more introspective and more growing, but also, at least to me, like a very surface level. Yeah, where you're just kind of like, well, we'll we'll get. There's another one we'll get to. But I mean, um, the, the 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 gist of the critiques that I heard about this album was that the lyrics were pretty like flat. Mm. It, it's, there's also some really good lyrics on this album. I agree, but then there's like some whole songs where you're like, oh no, this is. This is pretty, yeah, this is just. One thing about the lyrics in this song that was so funny to me because I completely forgot about this, but he says, but I just can't get no play. (laughs) And I totally forgot, like, using the word play in that context. And we should bring that back because that's so fucking funny and weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I, um. Yeah, I mean, there's like, get some, get your hands off the girl. Can't you see that she belongs to me? And I don't mm-hmm. appreciate this excess company. There's some stuff in this that are like, you know, you hope it's like a hyperbole, like, or like yeah. parody of the type of person who would say that. But then, you know, it's also like, oof, is this really? Uh, this, this is like, if you squint your eyes and turn your head, this is like a really sweet song. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, but also, for for as much as the album gets a little crit- criticism about the lyrics, I think the music sounds really, really fucking good I, in this album. I agree. And it's like, it, it it saves. It saves a lot of the songs that could otherwise be like, eh? Like, you this, know. This really is like a, 
a very lovely song. It starts with this fun, like, 40-second build with a guitar solo in it. It hits another guitar solo, like, midway through the song. I I mean, this album, like I said, it's 45 minutes. This is a four-minute song. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of four-minute songs on this album. Yeah. Um, Do you watch the video for this one? Yeah, I had never seen this. Neither did I, and this one was fun. This was my favorite video that I watched of, of this set of videos. Uh, it, this was not. I had a different favorite one, but this this one was. A, it was a great time. Uh, I was like that. The lady in it seems so familiar, Elijah Cuthbert, and I was like, I think she was on like twenty four. She was like big in this era for a while. She, yeah, yeah. She was also on Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's right. And Popular Mechanics for Kids, which I watched a lot as a kid. And wasn't she also the girl next door or whatever? Yes, and that that's was, right. Yeah. Yes. So the, the premise of this uh, video is that there's a – it's like an alternate reality where there's a band called Weez and they are big. W-E-E-Z-E. W-E-E-Z-E. I got it right. Um, and like Elijah It's my Cuthbert, favorite NPR channel. <laughs> she is like the lead singer and she's kind of a mess. She's like flipping out because there's a brown M&M in her bowl of green M&Ms and throwing tables and stuff. And like Rivers is like her like assistant or something. Yeah. Like, um, He's just always like backstage or right off to the side. And the rest of the band is in like Wee's co- like costumes where they have like, you know, black like leather and, you know, they're, they're really hard. And... Then she flips out. She won't go on stage and Rivers has to go on stage in her place. And everyone's like skeptical, but then they end up um, liking him. But I, I think it's a very fun video. It's a very like funny uh, like concept. Uh, but I, then I also read that all of the people who are the, at this like Weezer yeah. Weez concert were like Weezer fans that got to go film like, in this a video. contest or something. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And they all are wearing shirts that with the Weezer like logo and font, but they just say Weeze. And I'm like, actually, I would I would wear a Weeze shirt. I think a Weeze that shirt is very would be funny. very cool to have. I, I like at the end of the video, the guy at the merch table is just using a Sharpie to add an R to all the Weeze yes. shirts. Yes. <laughs> um, what is the what's the name of the Weezer band that they you, they played at uh, around like the Green Album era uh, to to not be playing as Weezer? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. They 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 went as goat punishment um, when they were like playing live and stuff like that. It's kind of like wearing a Wheeze t-shirt would be kind of like wearing a goat punishment mm-hmm. t-shirt. It's it's like very much proof that you're like in you know some like some yeah, lore about the band. Yeah, you're a you're a Weezer Weezer real head. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's uh let's hit it with uh with track three, Johnny. Now this is the fourth single. Now you may notice we're on track three, fourth single. Mm-hmm. So far it's been all singles. We haven't hit that second single yet. Where's it gonna be? Well, we're gonna land on it a little later. But this is such a pity. Get so bad I know how to 
All right. That is a little bit of uh, This Is Such a Pity, uh, the fourth single. Johnny, thoughts on this one? This might be my favorite song on the album. I like this song so fucking much. I love the like kind of 80s vibes. The chorus is so good. I mm-hmm. love I just love the pity. I love yeah. like stretching out that that word. Um there's like a great instrumental part in this. Mm-hmm. And, and it, this is another one that's like really nice. I think the chorus is really nice. Like the this this feels um like a song that not a weirdo would make. Yes. You know, like, it's like we were in a relationship and it went bad and that fucking sucks because we should, we should have been able to like work this out, but we couldn't. And that bums me out. That is a fantastic song that is not creepy. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I mean, by the way, Johnny, you have, uh, this being your favorite, you also have that in common with Rivers. Rivers said that this was uh, his favorite on the album. Um, I guess he alluded to it's like, he's like one of his favorites or something on the album, but it it seems like that. This is also my favorite on the album. This, Johnny, also might be like a top five Weezer song for me. It's it's fucking good. It's really, really fucking good. I love like the little synthy vibes on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, another great guitar solo. It clocks in at three and a half minutes. Like it's a perfect length. Uh, that remi- that gave me an idea. Okay. You're saying this is your favorite song. At the end, once we have covered every Weezer album. So oh, wow. in, I don't know, 2050. Yeah. Uh-huh. We should do a top 10 Weezer songs. That's That's true. how we should end all of Weeztoberfest. That's absolutely right. We that, that's necessary. Um anyway, I I the the line I don't want to be a chump, you think I'm a fascist pig is very funny to me. I think that that is one of my favorite Weezer lyrics as well that <laughs> Uh, just the way he says fascist pig like it kind of comes out of nowhere yeah. and it's like it, it feels he says I don't want to be a chump you think I'm a fascist pig it kind of feels like that was a real thing that someone said to him oh, yeah. <laughs> in an argument you know <laughs> yeah that's that's yes for sure okay well that's a great song uh, let's listen to uh, track four this is a song called hold me That is a little bit of Hold Me going out on that little guitar solo there. I, Hold Me fucking slaps. This song is this song is really it's I think it's like a little underrated of a Weezer song, but it slaps. This is a really nice song. Yeah. Th- that is four minutes and 22 seconds long. And for <laughs> me, I felt every every second of that. It's slow. I mean, it's a slow tempo song like the 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 the, the beats per minute go right way down. Yeah. And there's not a lot of words, you know, mm. it's, it's, the, I, again, I think this is a really, really nice 
song. I think all the lyrics are are like very lovely. I I just love the. I mean, you know, it's a four and a half minute song, but they do take their time. Like the the yeah. it builds slow into the chorus. It kind of explodes with that the hold me. Um, Johnny, we now we talk a lot about the show and what the, what the horniest song on the album is. Uh, but I gotta say. Rivers is credited as writing this song after experimenting with fasting, where he fasted for 24 hours and then kind of like wrote a song after that. This may be Weezer's hungriest song. <laughs> What's the longest you've ever gone without eating, you think? God, uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. The longest I've ever gone without eating... I have probably I've probably done like a, not much anymore, but when I was younger and I wasn't really taking care of myself, probably like 12, 14 hours. I, I don't think I've ever gone like a day without eating, but th- there there was a time where I like kind of, uh, you know, browned out playing video games and didn't really lost track of a couple of days. And I think I probably did eat something in that time, but I couldn't you tell you need if your I gamer did. fuel. Yeah. Well, I think I drink a lot of Mountain Dew. Oh, there you go. I I. I think 12 hours easy for me. I'm thinking like 18 maybe. I can I often forget to eat. Man, if I if I miss even one meal, I feel it. Like my mm. if I go too long without eating, my body just I can feel myself dying. My body just starts shutting down and says, "Hey, we're going to just start shutting off functions until you realize that you have to go eat." The other day, I sometimes I drive Jessica to work. And like, I forget what happened. Maybe she went in a little later or something, whatever it was. Like, I just got home later than I usually do. And I was like, eh, it's too late to eat breakfast because lunch is so soon. So I'm just not. I'll just and wait, just, to, just wait yeah. till lunch. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I, I think uh, in the last, what, now it's been like, in the last six weeks, I've been working out in the morning and I absolutely have to eat because if I don't, like, I won't, I'll just like, I'll crap out in the middle of my workout. So I've been- So you eat what, before? I eat before and after. Oh, okay. I have to eat something before games. and then I have to eat something right after, yeah. If I am running, I I hate to eat before I run. Hate, uh, hate yeah, it. that's- you, I mean, you have to like, you have to, the, the shitty part about it is you have to like eat and then you have to like wait 30 minutes and mm-hmm. then you have to do it. It's like, I hate the, the waiting period, but I, I, as a, as a person who was a vegetarian since he was 14, um, and didn't really like vegetables until I was in my mid twenties, I had some bad eating habits that I like, that I'm, I look back at it now and I'm like, oh, what a disgusting way to live. I'm so glad that I've turned the corner on that. <laughs> Johnny, you know, you came over to our house last night. I, I cooked some vegetables. I'm I'm nowadays I'm always cooking vegetables. They I were love good. Some vegetables. They were good. That was a new recipe. I was I was very uh, I was very excited that it turned I, out well. Honestly, you put tahini on anything, and I'm absolutely fucking on board. Mariah asked me what she was cooking. She was like, "Do your friends like tahini?" And I go, "Do my friends like tahini? How the fuck would I know the answer to that?" I was like, "I don't know. That's never come up. I've never asked a single <laughs> friend if they like tahini before." I don't know if you if you saw this. That reminded me when we were over, I was like going inside to grab a beer, and I was like, "Does anybody need anything?" And and Jessica was like, "A sparkling water." And I said, "Okay, what kind?" And she said, "What kind do they have?" <laughs> As if I know I what, what flavors. I you get. 
I do think what kind is funny. an interesting question when you don't have any information. And but I think in you in your mind you were like, oh, she's had one before. She's that's, exa- she's- that's exactly what I thought. Yes, yes, yes. So she's like, seen what kind the selection? What kind were you already drinking? So that I'm not just grabbing one at random. Uh, okay. Well, hey, why don't we uh, speaking of one at random? Why don't we talk about? Let's just pick one at random. Track five. Let's listen to peace. Okay. That's that's great. I love that guitar riff. Yeah, it's so fucking good. I think that um, even though some of the lyrics on this album may not be like the most, you know, salient revolutionary lyrics that we've ever heard out of Weezer, he sells them so well. Like even on that like pays the tab line, it's like he doesn't think that this is, you know, bad. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's performing it like it's fucking great. And it helps, man. It helps like that 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 little, you know, confidence really just carries you through the, the song. I agree. And this is another one, like, there's the post-chorus has a lot of non, you know, not words, words, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. But he does, he absolutely sells them. There's a lot of yeah. emotion in this. And I think, like, we, we've we encountered this a lot with, like, actual poppy albums that we've covered, where, like, mm-hmm. if you sell, if you sell it, like, it's good, you know? Yeah. They're, like... To, to someone else could sing this and you'd be like, oh, what are mm-hmm. you, what are you doing? But he's like, he's fucking selling it, man. Th- this is, this is another one for me that was like really nice, like introspective turn yeah. for, for the man rivers. Um, and this, this one was again a, a, on the longer side, but not, um, it didn't feel like a drag as much for me as, uh, maybe, um, Hold I think me the, did. the tempo's a little faster than Hold Me on on Peace as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not. There's no there's not a lot of short songs on this album. You know, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of long boys here, and I not knowing that this album was like inspired so much by meditation, mm. and then knowing that after I had listened to it a bunch of times, I was like, oh, it totally makes sense. Like, I mean, this song is about like trying to find something that makes you happy and failing at it and finding a bunch of things that ultimately don't make you happy. And then wanting, you know, that like happiness. It's, I think this song is another one of these like sleeper, really good Weezer songs. Um, and I'm glad that so many of them have made it onto this album. Well, and even the, the, the longer duration of the tracks and the more sort of like dragging repetition and stuff definitely makes sense with like meditation as well, where it's like you're trying to get into yeah. a certain state instead of with like most Weezer songs we've covered so far being a little more like in and out, like, yeah, you know, ro- rock and roll, have a good time. Well, the other thing about it is too, if you're looking just like at stats of this album, you might be like, okay, look, we got the album down. It's 12 tracks. It's 40 minutes. Pretty good clip on an album. But 
if we add five more minutes, we can add one to two guitar solos to every song. And you're like, ooh, that's pretty good. Like, Tempting. I don't really want a 45-minute album, but every song gets one to two guitar solos. And they're good. And they're good. And they really are good. <laughs> it's an interesting proposition. Uh, let's listen, Johnny, to uh, track six. Finally, we have hit the uh, second single. So the first six songs, we have all four of the singles. Um, this is a song called We Are All on Drugs. That's a little bit of a we are all on drugs. Johnny, this video, this was your favorite on the album? Yeah, this video is fun. It's a fun video. It's just it, it's just him like going around doing stuff and then everyone is like looking directly at him saying the lyrics of yeah. the song. I also thought it was fun that there's like he keeps cutting to him like indoors getting covered in water and I'm like this is weird what's going on here and then at the end of it he goes into a burning house that the fire department is like dumping water on you're like Oh, he was in the house the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. how he how Rivers is walking around in this video, being f- kind of freaked out that everyone is singing this song to him. It's kind of how I imagine he just walks around like like. Oh too. yeah, like he's in the deli and the deli's like, w- "What would you like?" And he just looks at him like, "Uh, like just deer in the headlights, <laughs> like frozen." You know. Uh, I think this is also like a very fun song. This yeah. is like it's just a good time. It's funny. It's silly. Um, the, the, you know, the, it's a little shorter, the tempo's a little higher, which was a nice, after the two sort of longer, uh, slower songs, it's a nice spot for this. Um, and yeah, I think it's just like a funny, fun song. I also love, man, I love when someone in a band just says, give it to me. Yeah. And then the, oh, what a great time. It's a, it's a fun thing to say when you're in a, a rock and roll band. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in my memory, this album got um, kind of consolidated to Beverly Hills and We Are All on Drugs. And while mm-hmm. I like both of those songs, neither one of them is my favorite on the album. And but I understand because they're like these high energy kind of like rock songs, and so I get like what they're what they're all about. Um, but neither one is my favorite on the album. I think they're good songs. I think lyrically, this one's a little bit simplistic, but musically, oh, it's sure. very, very, very fun. Um, I also like that his in, his motivation for writing the song was that like he wasn't talking about just like drugs, drugs, but he was yeah. like everyone's on chasing some sort of drug, you know, like we're all addicted to something type of thing. That's uh, that was his like, you know, thesis statement uh, uh, for this song. The other thing that I learned about this song was to did you read about this to get it played on MTV? They had to change the lyrics because MTV would not no. they, they would not play on drugs. So every instance of on drugs was changed to in love. 
Oh, God. I listened to a little bit of it. It is, it's like a kid's bop version of this song, but they only changed on drugs to in love. So all the other lyrics, like, don't really describe love. It's it's very, very funny <sighs> and, and weird to listen to. I'll, I'll check that out after we're done. Um, I, I highly recommend it because it's it's weird. I do. I really love the the line. Uh, and you put your headphones on, uh, and you put on your headphones, and you step into the zone. That's that's fun. Uh, it's also funny that like several of their big singles are all about drugs. Dope nose, hash pipe. We are all on drugs. I think. I think that maybe to a certain degree, like this is uh, them like kind of understanding where their bread is buttered mm-hmm. and like what will get them play. You know, places. Who knows? Maybe that's a little cynical of me, but uh, that's the way it seems. Um, Johnny, shall we listen to track seven? Yes, we shall. All right, no more singles left. So we got another, uh, we have the uh, the B-side of the album with without any singles. Here is track seven, The Damage in Your Heart. Fantastic guitar. Mm-hmm. That is a little bit of uh, the damage in your heart. Um, I like this song a lot, man. This is just like a sweet, sad song about like compounding loss in a uncaring world, you know? Yeah, I I, th- I thought this was a really nice one too. Um, and th- this is another one of those like we're not together anymore song. Yeah. We, you know, not it's it's not really in Sully. It's hey, we're not together anymore, and that sucks. And that's yeah. I, I like this direction for them and him. Uh, and then musically, I think that this song is like got a lot of really cool stuff in it. I love when the reprise hits and you just have those like cymbal taps on the yeah. on the drums. Uh, is very cool. I love that chorus guitar riff. I, I, I couldn't not mention it while we were listening to it. It's just a fucking fantastic little guitar riff. Um, and then they, they're doing on this album to specifically some backup vocal stuff that I don't think that they've really played around with as much in other albums. And this one, it really contributed to that overall feeling of kind of like loss and sadness on the, on, on the song. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a, I mean, I think this is a lot of songs, but a, this one is a real, is one where you could take away the lyrics and it, you would still like feel yeah. sad, which I yeah. think is really nice. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a really cool like you know a trick is the wrong word, but like thing that a yeah. musician is able to do like can convey that emotion with the the music. Yeah. Um. Let's listen to uh, a track eight. This is "Pardon Me."
a little bit of pardon me man I, I this is one another one that just like I fucking love this bass riff this is an excellent bass riff mm-hmm. uh the, man this is this is one that's like it feels a lot more sp- like specific than a lot yeah. of their other yeah. songs which is really nice um the one thing that did kind of bother me is like <laughs> which it, it's not just him but just saying like i take responsibility is just kind of like okay what is that what is what does that mean in a in a song that is like I get that context in a song, right? Where it's not always, you're not always able to be like, let me right. provide some specifics about like exactly what I am, what what I hear you saying and like I hear like my part in it was. So I get it in a song. Like, does this song work as an apology? Not really. It's halfway there. Does it work as a song? I think oh, 100%. Yeah. I think 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's more yeah. me, especially bringing this song from 2005 into 2022 and being like, okay, well, for sure. What does that fucking mean? Um, yeah, I, I do think that if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're grading um, rivers on a curve, I think this mm-hmm. is like the most growth that we have seen in terms of like accepting some responsibility for for just, you know, him <laughs> in that way. Like, I, I do think that this album is so much more introspective than other albums. And that's why Pardon Me is a song that really fits in with what he's going for on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and verse verse two actually is, I think, really good. Um, especially those first couple lines. I never thought anyone was more important than the plans I made. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. That's yeah. that's like real. That's real. You know, yeah. that's something yeah. that that he that like did damage to Ex- one or multiple real relationships that he yeah, had. dude, for sure, exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, this is like if I were picking like maybe some like favorite non-single Weezer songs, I think this would go up there for me. I I. I love so much about like what this the the way the song sounds, the way that it's structured. Um, apparently, it was written after a ten day guided meditation course uh, where he was like learning about like uh, I think the quote is uh, to seek pardon from all those who I have hurt in action, speech, or thought. And so, like you know, it's just that that's that's the thesis of the song right there. Right. Like he's, he's just writing a song that is that, um, I love the end too. the, the, I guess it's kind of like the outro. He keeps yeah. going up and register. He's, and he almost hits like falsetto on the last final, like pardon me. I think it's a really cool, like structure to end the song with. I think that that was very, very fun. Uh, and I, I, I like that the last line and, and in that like outro, he says, I really want a friend. Which is a very fun lead into the next song. Yeah, let's talk about it. This is uh, this is track nine. This is my best friend. Yeah. 
I was a. Uh... Well, okay. That, so that's a little bit of best friend, Johnny. What what are you, what are your thoughts on this one? I, I I think this is a really fun, really nice song. It's really sweet. You don't you don't really hear songs like this about. Yeah. It's like a love song to a friend. Yeah. And that's really fun and nice. It's got a great energy. It's it's a nice like short little song too. Um, yeah, man. I I think this is a really nice song. I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, who shall remain fucking nameless uh, about this album, and they said they're like some really great tracks on this album. Best friend is maybe Weezer's worst song, and I was like, I'm I'm listening to it, and I'm like, you know. I just can't I can't I can't co-sign on that because no. I think I think maybe if you strip out certain parts of this like if you just sh- sh- like played someone best friend my best friend and we're like this is Weezer I can see someone being like oh I'm not as into yes, this I yeah but situated where it is on the album especially right after pardon me a slow song this is the shortest song on the album it's kind of the most like it's very high energy right like it's a it's a big energy spike for the back half of the album um, but it's, you know, the lyrics, like, they're not great, but I love the subject matter. Like you said, best friend love underutilized in pop music. Really nice to hear a song about it. And it's just like, I, I love that. I love that. Like, you're my best. And it goes, doom, 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 doom. And I love you. It's, that's like, it's, fu- it's fun. It is a fun sounding song. You know, everyone gave so much fucking praise to Frozen when True Love's first kiss was <laughs> a kiss from one sister to another. And nobody gives praise to fucking Rivers Cuomo just singing a nice song about his best friend. What's very fu- What's very funny about this was this song was in consideration to be used in uh, Shrek 2. Now, Rivers had written this song previous to Shrek 2. They ended up not using it. They used the Counting Crows accidentally in love because they thought it fit with the visuals better. But Rivers said he had this song, you know, already like written. And he was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe someone would use it in a movie. And he was like, gave it to the Shrek 2 people or whatever. And they ended up passing on it. But they were giving him notes about it. And they one of the notes, they were like, it sounds too much like it's for the movie. And he was like, I, it's funny because I wrote it and then like tried to, you know, sell oh. it off as well. But they were like, this, it feels too Shrek too. And listening to the song with that in mind, I'm like, it kind of does feel very Shrek too. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I could see Shrek and Donkey dancing around to the song, get, maybe getting in a little fight and kind of like back to back. Like, yeah. It did yeah. end up in uh, the in credits of the um, film Yogi Bear. So uh, it did end up in a movie. Oh, with my man Tom Cavanaugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Johnny, let's listen to track 10. This is something, a little song called The Other Way. Okay, that's the other way. I mean, before we get into like actually talking about the song, I do have to say, 
Ultimately, I love a song that's all about not doing something. Because <laughs> this this whole song is about him being like, here's all the things I could do. And guess what? I won't do any of it. And I'm like, that's the song. The song is about you not doing something. But at least he recognizes that he's not <laughs> doing anything. Yeah. That's growth. <laughs> this song, I could not stop thinking as, as a, a maladroit fan. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stop thinking about Death and Destruction. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. I hear that. The, I mean, over and over. So I turn and look the other way. Yeah. And then that's like the whole thing of this song. And I was, mm-hmm. I, I just wonder if there's something there. Well, he said that he wrote this song about um, his ex-girlfriend, I believe, uh, Jennifer Chiba, who was at the time dating Elliot Smith when Elliot Smith died. And he, this whole song was about like, he wanted to reach out to her to like comfort her, but then he didn't trust himself being like, do I want to reach out to her and comfort her because mm-hmm. I want her or am I doing it because like I, she needs comfort and I'm a person that she, you know? So, and ultimately I don't think he even did. He like wrote this song instead, which is by the way, classic rivers, just classic writing the whole story inside of your head and never asking the girl if the heart shape or the pink triangle on her sleeve means that she's a lesbian, like, which by the way, rivers, it didn't, you know, it's just like him, you know, it's, it's him, it's him doing all of this inside of his head. Uh, I guess again, at least he knew himself well enough to be like, I'd I'd rather, yes. Uh, I don't trust myself enough to know that I'm not being a creep, so I'm just not going to do anything. That's why I'm coming around on Rivers. I think he's making some progress here. I, if if this was another, We're all so proud of Rivers. <laughs> if this was another <laughs> album about, you know, it's but it doesn't seem to be that way. Um. Also, this song has like kind of like a fun doo-woppy energy. The claps, yeah. the claps, kind of a rule in the song. The, I love those. The guitar has almost like a a, a like southwesterny feel, sure. or like a western feel, yeah. which is very fun. Uh, ultimately, I I didn't know about what this song was about, but I kind of do like this song. Like this is yeah. the other way is another one of those pretty good like off um, off single Weezer songs. And I love the the. Um, the melody of like the pre-chorus, the I have many doubts yeah. about my, it's yeah. pretty fun. Um, okay, Johnny, let's, I can't wait to talk about this one. Um, this is track 11. This is a song called Freak Me Out. I mean, I must have listened to this song a hundred times. I listened to this album so much in high school. I never knew that this song was written about a spider. That is wild. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so, and then when you when you when you know that, it's like, oh man, of course, yes, of course, yeah. I, I this is a fantastic song. 
It's so fucking funny. And I think more bands should make weird little songs like this. You know, if a Weezer album is only going to be 10 songs... Uh, we don't get the spider songs. You don't get the the fucking spider songs. And this is well so uh, the other thing we have to talk about. The guitars in this song are so weird and cool and creepy. It sounds like uh like little raindrops hitting a spider web. That's yeah. what I thought about once I knew it was about a spider. I was like I I don't necessarily think that Rivers gets a lot of credit for like uh, being a good guitar player as well. But mm. he wrote the guitar part to this song and then showed it to Brian Bell, the guitarist. And Brian Bell was like, what am I doing here? Like he, he, he said in an interview, he was like, it was really hard for me to like learn how to play this because it is very like different from anything that I've played before. And I just think it's like, that's very cool. Oh, and also <laughs> they all claimed that this song didn't really come together until, um, Oh, uh, is it P- Patrick? Is he the he's the drummer, right? Mm-hmm. I believe uh, so. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Patrick Wilson. They were like, this song didn't really come together in Pat- until Patrick Wilson like did the drum lay down on it because Rivers at first had some like weird like Casio preset like drum thing to it that like made the song sound like completely different. But it 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 did it did feel very cool to get like a peek behind the curtain at songwriting, especially with this such an interesting sounding like not really Weezer Weezer song, you know. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I just it's so it's so much of the lyrics are just so funny and good. Like yeah. I know you mean no harm, you're just doing your thing, but man, you really freak me out. I mean oh, it's hey, so funny. That is how I feel about spiders. I feel like yes. that's that's a, how yes. a lot of people feel about spiders. And it's got and it's got a harmonica in it, a harmonica solo in it. It's just like it's a, yeah. I mean, this is a fantastic song. It's such a fun a fun addition to the album, and, and a really great spot. Like, yeah. you're yes. not going to put your weird, goofy little song about a spider in the first half. You're going to put it towards the end. Amen. And, and it's it's doing nothing wrong on the album. No. Yeah. No, it's just doing its thing, <laughs> and it really freaks me out. <laughs> so fucking good. All right, let's uh, let's end this one, Johnny. Let's close this one off with a little track called "Haunt You Every Day." little bit of haunt you every day there's there's three and a half more minutes of this song as well it's a, it is a long one johnny what are your thoughts on haunt you every day i i like it i think it's a fun end to the album i added it to my halloween playlist yeah um i actually yeah. added freak me out to my halloween playlist too but um i really like the like des- the distant sounding guitars yeah. it's got a nice melody 
it's kind of my ghost anthem, I think. Yeah. If I ever become a ghost. Um, <laughs> ghost mantra, at least. Uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I don't know. It's a fun, spooky, little weird song. I love that they put two just like fucking weirdo songs at the end. I, I the, the, the more we do this podcast, the more my brain has been challenged to listen to albums in a way that I don't necessarily think I was listening to albums my entire life, which is where I am like listening to an album in the way that it's sequenced in the context of the entire mm-hmm. album. And not just like, what are my favorite tracks? Are these all bangers? You know, because a, a song like this is such a fun end to this album that I don't necessarily know that I appreciated when I listened to it, you know, 15-ish years ago, uh, uh, for the first 17 years ago, for the for the first time. And it's got a great fucking chorus to it. Man, that chorus is like, is a banger of a chorus. Uh and again, uh, yeah, you can be said on almost every track on this album, but the guitar solo fucking rocks here too. Yep. yep. Uh, I read about this though. So Rick Rubin told Rivers that he wanted him to write like a Billy Joel or Elton John style song, and this is the first song that Rivers ever wrote fully on piano. He was like, he had never done it. It was like a challenge. He wrote it on piano. He said, "I don't think I did the Billy Joel thing, and I don't think I did the Elton John thing, but this was about as close as I could come, and I was proud that I wrote a song on piano." And I was like. Listening to it, I'm like, I'm not getting Billy Joel or Elton John at all, but I'm kind of not getting Weezer either. So it's like, it, 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 I, I love including a challenge to yourself on an album. I I, I think that is, you, you know, you hear a lot about, well, maybe you don't hear about, but you know, there are like those f- famous books written where they like, don't use the letter E at all in the book. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fun. That might be a little too extreme, but it's fun to like give yourself that little... To get yourself into a new creative space. Yes. To to get out of like your comfort zone. And I think this is like a really cool, good song. And I and he, he, right, even if they he didn't succeed in making a Billy Joel or Elton John song, which I certainly agree he didn't, he wound up making a really cool song that he wouldn't have made otherwise. I think there's a lot to be said of like w- when you think about like a producer and you're like, what does a producer bring to an album? You hear like a story like that and you're like, yes, they are there to like bring something up out of you, right? They're yeah. there to like challenge you or work you in a direction. And I, I, I think that that's like it's just like an interesting little like, you know, microcosm of like what that what that producer relationship, you know, m- must be really yeah. cool. Really interesting, I think. I agree. Um, man, so that is that is all of it, Johnny. That is that is make believe. Um, you know, twelve tracks, forty five minutes long. I think it's time for our little final thoughts here. I mean, yeah. Uh, even though we're in We Summerfest, we still have a job to do. We we do have a top one hundred songs of uh, of all time. You know, personal, uh, and we have to decide if we want to add this song to that top one hundred. But Johnny. We also just have to say, do we recommend this song? Do you think the people out there in our song album, do you think the people out there in Bill Bud's land would enjoy this album? I really liked this album a lot. Yeah. Um, it's, this is so much like Rick Rubin challenged Rivers Cuomo to write a Billy Joel or Elton John song. I think that a fun thing that we have done is challenging ourselves to cover every Weezer album. <laughs> <laughs> on what is a not a Weezer podcast. Correct. And, and I th- I think it's it's really cool to see their growth. Yeah. And I think that this is a great album. Yeah. And that that you know that's especially especially in the context of everything up to now yes. in their catalog. Yes. Much much like um Best Friend if if you just played Best Friend 
you'd be like, okay, well, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think that you'd think that way about this album, but I think that there are better Weezer albums. But I think in the context of their discography up until now, it is a fantastic addition. Mm-hmm. I, I I totally agree. Now, the 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 thing that I'll also say, Johnny, before we we get into it, yes, I definitely recommend this. I think that anyone who's coming on this Weeztoberfest journey with us through the Weezer albums may get a lot out of this one. I think that this is this is a nice little reinvigorating pick-me-up. Now, this is yeah. the last Weezer album that came out when I was in high school, and this, for me, back at the time, was probably my departure point. Now, same. I certainly listened to other Weezer albums after this, but not in the same way that I just listened to the hell out of an album like Make Believe. It was not as, like, you know, as, as big for me. Picking it up 15 years later... I was so thrilled that we went on this Weeztoberfest journey together that I got to re-experience Make Believe, an album that I probably wouldn't have gone back to. But then, mm-hmm. man, I've had a couple weeks with this thing. I have listened to this album a lot. Like, yep, a same. lot, a lot. Like, this is, this is, I... Spotify is going to fuck me on this, but it's going to go on my it's going to go on my end of year playlist pretty high because of how much I've listened to this album. Wait, but doesn't Wrapped not oh. include? Doesn't wait? It will. It, it stops. It stops like mid October, I thought, or something. Is okay, that, so yeah, like two so this months is the, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think I think all the times I listened to this in September, probably. <laughs> okay, well, never mind. I was trying to. <laughs> I we, we hope we hope, but man, I. I I, I thought about it a lot. I don't think in my headspace for Weezer albums. Look, I think Blue Album and Pinkerton are really, really good albums. I, I, I don't. I never really paid attention to the controversy much. I really like those albums. I think they're both on my top one hundred. I think so too. I think Make Believe is going to join them. I don't know what's going to happen in the future of Weezer albums. I think I might have three Weezer albums in my top 100. This is a very fucking good album. It's a very good album. I don't disagree. Uh, Okay, so when I'm thinking about where I want to put this, I think it's going to be like in the 50s and 60s. I don't really know what that looks like for me. I do. Uh, But you do. Johnny, what what, what do I have at like, I don't know, let's say 61. (sighs) You've got make believe by Weezer. Yes. Okay. Okay. I th- this is like a this is like a middle of my top one hundred. Like it's not like a high standout, but man, after after being away from this album for so long and hearing it again, it's like, dude, it's coming back. Like I I need to be putting this back into the rotation because it is a good, a very enjoyable fucking listen. Now, this is this is a fun thing that you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Okay. And I don't have to tell you if you if you don't want me to. You are correct that. That your two other Weezer albums are on your top 100s. This is the third. Where do you think you put this in relation to the other two? Now I know that I put Blue pretty high because I mm-hmm. really, really, really like the Blue album, and it's it's I, I'm a sucker for like a debut album that is so like fun and specific, mm-hmm. and that that album really has a lot going on. I did put I think I put Pinkerton on my list, right? I think mm-hmm. Pinkerton is there as well. My guess is that Pinkerton is higher, uh, like lower in the number counts than this, but I don't really remember. What do you mean? What do you mean uh, lower? Like closer to one, closer to like n- number one. Interesting. I, my my guess is it's like blue Pinkerton somewhere in there, and then and then this album. But uh, will, will you tell me? Am I wrong about that? You are wrong. Okay. Okay. I, you know what? It, it, it's tough though because like after I listen to Pinkerton and this, I think I might like this. Like a little better than Pinkerton. Well, your your top one hundred reflects that. Well, it's so. a little further in the evolution of the band, right? Like Pinkerton oh, still has some like more cringy stuff. Oh, in I'd there. say it's yeah. a lot further. <laughs> 
well, it took about a decade further too. Uh, okay, well, what about you, Johnny? What what do you, what are you what are your final thoughts? And do you think you're going to put this on your top 100? Yeah. So I I really enjoyed this album a lot. Um, I believe I also have two Weezer albums on my top 100. I think I have Blue, and I know I have Maladroit. Yeah, Maladroit's um, up there for you. I. I don't think I'm going to put this on my 100 sure. um, because par- partially, boy, oh boy, do we have a lot more. I mean, my top 100 can't be all Weezer. Um, but here's, but it, here's my question. Because this is kind of where you stopped listening, like listening, quote unquote, to Weezer, you know, yeah. in, in your life. Do you think that there's much of a chance of a bunch of other Weezer albums hitting that top 100? Here's, I mean... I mean, this is sort of a, an infinite number of monkeys on an infinite number of typewriters. You <laughs> yeah, know? We have an infinite number of Weezer albums. Eventually, true. I will find 100 that I yeah. like more yeah. than any other albums. That's true. That's true. I, I, I actually think that there is a pretty good chance that some like mid to late Weezer album is really going to hit me. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, mean, that's, uh, that's what was Van Weezer? I, I haven't revisited that since we listened to it. And I won't I until could, we get there in four years. Exactly. But I could see – I fucking loved that. And I could see that making my list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm actually kind of nervous to get uh, – we don't have to worry about that for quite a while, Johnny. That album came out in 2021. But I'm nervous to get to Van <laughs> Weezer as well just because I was like, damn, Van Weezer was pretty fucking That's good. why we are doing this yeah. because we liked Van <laughs> Weezer so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Make Believe does not make it on your top 100, um, but that does not mean that the Weezer is not represented on your top 100. Correct. That's it for that's it for fucking, you know, uh, the, our first episode of uh, season two of Weeztoberfest. Um, Johnny, I think we can go ahead and fucking safely tease this because next week we are going to be reviewing the Red album, uh, Weezer's, uh, you know, it's like fourth self-titled album, mm-hmm. Red. With a guest of the show and former roommate of me, Eli Mandel. What a guy. Go- I'm so excited to get to talk to him again. Um, he was on an improv team called Cool Jacket. Yeah, Cool Jacket. And we, my improv team did a, 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 a good number of shows with them for a while. And uh, great great guy is extremely funny he's a he's a great guy i'm very excited to talk to him he's very very funny he's he's and i'm very excited to talk to him about weezer because he is a huge weezer fan and i knew that from when we lived together he liked like weezer and uh, uh jackie chan movies were the two things that i was like he was all about those things um but if uh, if if people want to get uh, familiar with uh, Eli's work before he's on the show next week, Google um, Weezer SNL sketch. Yeah, uh, because Eli is the uh, writer of that sketch. Um, it's and very funny. It, there's a zero non-zero chance that we will be bringing that up with him as well. Because, oh yeah, uh, it's it's it. I think it like caused him to meet Weezer and stuff like that. So it was actually no way. A, yeah, well, we'll talk to Eli about it. But it was also it was very very uh, uh, cool. And it's still Johnny. We went it's, that sketch is from a few years ago. We went back and rewatched it recently. It is it's very funny. Very fucking funny. Especially because Matt Damon is in it. And it's very funny to make Matt Damon say those things about Weezer. Uh, yes, it's it's it is again, it's he, he's kind of is the perfect host to like have this like very impassionate and passionate thing about Weezer. Anyway, go we don't want to uh, blow the sketch, but yeah. go go just Google SNL Weezer sketch and you will find it. Um all right, well that's it until until our next episode. Uh and with that. We tip our caps to you, and we wish you a fond farewell. Fair wheeze. Tonight we're hanging with the boys.
Or tip our hats. You, you said ca- you normally say hats. This time you said caps. Maybe we've maybe we've got a nice little jaunty Weezer cap for the month. <laughs> <laughs>